This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan here. I am so thrilled to welcome you back to another podcast episode. So I am recording this on Mother's Day. Yes, it is early Sunday morning. My house is as quiet as a mouse and I'm here having a conversation with you. So my husband took our kids to his mother's house yesterday, and we went out to a little get-together. He has um, started a business doing COVID testing, and they had a just little celebration appreciation party for the staff and everybody that's worked so hard to get things up and running and successfully operating for the past several months. And we had the best time. One of his partners, I really think should like moonlight as a party host. There was a mentalist there. I don't know if you've ever heard of mentalist. I thought he was a magician and it's much more than magic. (laughs) It's very loopy, very creepy. But he really can predict very bizarre things. And it was so entertaining. I immediately wanted to hire him for some event that I have not even yet planned yet. But I know that what he offered was so entertaining and so fun that whenever I have a gathering, whether it's a personal gathering or a professional gathering, to all of you, that he will be there. It's very, very fun. So woke up this morning. I'm a morning person. I woke up this morning early, my regular time, and just really appreciated having the peace and quiet to send an email wishing you all, my listeners, a happy Mother's Day. If you're not on my email list, be sure to do that. Just go to my website and sign up for any of the freebies there, drshavon.com, and you'll be immediately in the know on my email list, and I'm ready to go. My kids will be back soon. We will have a beautiful afternoon together. I ordered exactly what I wanted to eat, (laughs) and I'm ready to have a beautiful day. So you're not listening to this on Mother's Day, obviously, but I hope that you had a wonderful weekend or week or whatever span of time it's been since we last connected. And today I want to talk with you about something that I notice happening so much in marriage and something I am even guilty of from time to time. And it is talking about marriage issues and why those conversations that you bring to your spouse 
most likely it's the wife bringing it to her husband, just don't work. (laughs) Very rarely, I shouldn't say rarely, but probably less than you would like, do those conversations actually result in the productive forward movement that you are seeking? And I think that's important to just ground ourselves in when we're having those conversations, when we're bringing our concerns and issues to our spouse, it is usually, right? We want to believe at least it's coming from a good place with the right intentions of resolving something that's not working and moving us forward. And it feels like the right thing to do. It feels like we have a problem here or something could be better or I'm unhappy in some way. And so he needs to know about it and we need to discuss it and we need to solve it. And one of the things that I have come to realize, and it's totally backed by research, specifically a researcher by the name of John Gottman, that All of your issues don't actually have to be solved in order for you to get along and have a happy and enjoyable marriage. We think they do. And so many times when you experience an issue or surface an issue, it feels like let's figure this out so we can solve it. And I am of the belief that some things don't actually need to be solved. They just need to be managed differently in your mind. So when you can have that perspective, you can filter it through, you know, the lens of, is this something that actually needs to be solved? Or is this something that if I adopted a different perspective, or if I did some of my own internal work, that would be a different experience for us in this relationship together, right? So I wanted to just offer that as an option because the rest of our conversation today is going to be really showing you why talking about all of the issues may not be the best thing and it may not actually work and produce the results that you want, right? And part of that is just from the mere fact that When you're trying to communicate with someone that you have issues with, it's not that easy, right? Like I want you to think about how you approach communicating with your best friend or the person that you enjoy speaking with the most, right? You have just like this open, fun energy. And I want you to think about someone that you have a lot of issues with, right? That they've been a disappointment to you. They haven't met your expectations. It feels like they're not meeting your needs. You guys can't get on the same page. And what's your energy going into that conversation? Totally different, right? And so many times it's the energy that you bring to the conversation that makes it difficult. And there's also major differences in communication styles. We as individuals all communicate differently. There are some very documented and well-researched differences between the way men and women communicate. And so you add a little bit of frustration on top of different communication styles, and it's sort of setting up a recipe for some challenges, right? doesn't mean you never talk about anything, but 
oftentimes when we're having these conversations about our issues, we don't realize and recognize the differences in communication styles. One of the ones that I see most often is there is one partner who is more expressive and an external processor, meaning they like to talk it out. They like to share what's on their mind, sort of like as it comes to their mind, and they think out loud. Another partner might be a more reflective person and an internal processor, meaning they are in their heads a lot more. They are thinking about things, having a whole conversation in their brain before any words ever come out of their mouths. Now, not to stereotype, but typically we as women prefer an external processing way of communicating. We like to talk it out and then we feel better. Men like to think it out and say less. This is for sure classic in my own marriage. I recognize this and have super, super high awareness. And so when my husband and I are talking and, you know, we are working through something, I will just allow him the space and time to think it in his head before I become impatient and demand that he respond or get frustrated thinking that he's not even listening. Took me a while to get there, but I am there now. And I would say we may even have a record of like a full five minutes where he was thinking and saying nothing. And I just like managed my brain the whole time and just let him get it out when he was ready to get it out. So otherwise, you create an argument for the way you're communicating, right? So you have the issue now layered on top of your different communication styles. So I want you to just like reflect back for yourself, like, is that happening sometimes in these conversations, right? Now, here is the basics of why talking about your issues doesn't work. Now, let me be clear. There are times when it does work, right? I'm just honing in on if you find yourself stuck and really frustrated and continuing to like be in this cycle of bringing things to each other or bringing things to your husband and it doesn't ever like click and move you forward. What I'm going to share is what's happening, right? So I want to give you sort of an inside scoop into what is going on so that you can think about it differently, do things differently to move it in a more productive conversation, okay? So the first reason is when you are surfacing issues and having those conversations, it is usually coming not from the place of looking for solutions. Before many of us can arrive at a solution, we have to share what's going wrong. And that is usually in the form of complaints, right? And for many women, when I ask them what kind of communication do they want, they want open and honest communication, which means that their goal in communicating is to share how they feel, to share what's going on, what's not working. And so when that is your focus, there's less energy devoted to solutions. And when you're not focused on solutions, the way you bring up issues, the startup of those conversations is not from really a spirit of goodwill and moving forward. It's like, here is where I am. 
right? Notice the difference between coming to share what's not working for yourself in the present moment versus going with the focus on what it can be moving forward, right? So that's the difference between I'm really frustrated about this versus I would love for us to find a way to make this aspect of our marriage work better, okay? The second thing I notice is we are wired to believe that criticism is motivation, (laughs) right? We think that if we just share like, all the things that are not really correct in how our spouse is showing up, that he will somehow be magically motivated to change. And ask yourself, like, does that even work for you? Right? When you think professionally, right? If your colleagues or your supervisor or boss is like, yeah, you're doing all of this wrong. You're doing all of this wrong. How would you respond to that, right? Now, I will say that for many of us women, when we are given constructive feedback, we take it to heart, but not always in the most healthy way. We take it to heart by shaming ourselves, by guilting ourselves, by telling ourselves a story that we're not good enough. Men don't have that narrative as much as we do traditionally as women. And so bringing criticisms to him is very demotivating. And what actually works better is leading with appreciation, right? And making requests very specifically and very clearly about what it is you would like and why that's important to you, okay? So part of what may be breaking down is you're leading with the criticism, right? Like you never do this. I've asked you so many times, why don't you ever compliment me or plan something for us to do or show more affection, right? He sees that as criticism, which is deflating and demotivating. So you may be getting stuck there. Another thing that often happens is an over-representation of issues without balancing it out with what actually is working. Right. So again, when you're having these conversations, I want you to sort of imagine them like a performance evaluation. In some ways, you're performed. No matter what you do, you've had some performance evaluation or some structured way of receiving feedback. And those are typically structured in a way where there is room for a conversation about what's working and where, you know, the goals are being met and things are operating smoothly as well as where there's room for improvement. So I want you to assess for yourself, like when you're having these conversations, are you only bringing up what's not working? Are you over-representing the problems and under-representing the positives? That may be keeping you stuck. The fourth thing that I see happening is when you surface these issues and you're having these conversations, Rarely is there a focus on soliciting feedback about what you yourself could be doing differently, right? Usually these conversations are kind of one direction where it's you sharing what's not working for you, what you want to be different without either volunteering and proactively acknowledging where you're falling short or soliciting 
the feedback of your spouse in maybe what they need. So this looks like, hey, you know, I really would like for you to be home more often and more present with our family. And yes, right? Yes, that's a wonderful thing to want. And what would make that perhaps a more productive conversation is to own your part of why that's not happening, right? But many people get stuck in this blame game of not even being able to see where they may be contributing to a problem. So to extend that conversation, it might look like, yeah, I would really like for you to be home more often. What is it that you need from me? What is it that I can be doing to create a more comfortable environment for both of us to feel present and engaged and really enjoying the time that we spend together as a couple or as a family? What do you need from me? So when you're in a space of really solving the problem and not only blaming, but also being willing to take a lot of responsibility yourself, that can help these types of conversations go much better. And then the fifth thing that I see is usually these types of, hey, let's have a talk (laughs) conversation comes in reaction to something that has happened, right? Like, He didn't do something, something didn't go well. And so now you're having this conversation in reaction to a situation. And what I like to suggest is that you be more intentional and think out ahead of time how you want to handle things that come up, not in the moment, but in anticipation of what you know you want to talk about. So for example, I have a couple that I'm working with and the wife noticed something that was bothering her and she knew that eventually she wanted to talk with her husband about it. And she came to session with me wanting to talk it through and sort out what was going on for her before having the conversation with him, right? So she could have reacted you know, pretty soon after whatever happened, happened and have the conversation there. But she wanted to be more intentional. She wanted to be more thoughtful. She wanted to create a little bit of space and distance between that initial trigger so that she could come to that conversation with him much more grounded and less emotionally reactive. What I find is that when couples struggle in this area, it's because they're having conversations out of emotional reactivity and there isn't enough time and distance between the initial incident and the conversation that they're having, okay? So I want to leave you with just a few points and few things to think about to take with you to have these conversations be a little bit more productive. The first thing I really want to remind you of is what we said at the outset of this conversation. Is this something that really needs to be solved? Take that lens and that filter and decide, like, is this absolutely necessary that we figure this out? Or can I find resolution just by managing my mind differently about it, right? So when you do have these conversations, though, when you have decided that, yes, this is worth talking about, I want to come with the right energy and the right approach to have this be a productive conversation, here's what I want to offer. You want to be in the energy of curiosity. 
Curiosity as an energy is so important because you're not making any assumptions. You're not bringing in any story or any perception that you've created in your mind. You're just open and you're, you're curious, right? So what that looks like is, hey, I've been feeling this way or hey, I've been noticing this. What do you think? Right? Like, that's just so curious as opposed to like, hey, I'm really upset about this. We should really fix it. Curiosity puts you in a position of asking more questions than demanding more actions. And that's where you want to be when you're trying to address issues in your marriage, right? So along the same vein of being curious and asking questions, I want to give you a few questions to have in the back of your head as you enter into some of these conversations, right? So one of the things a lot of people struggle with is when the marriage is very different than how it was at the beginning, right? At the beginning, everyone's putting forth the energy, things are good. And so you find yourself maybe being overwhelmed by work or being overwhelmed by raising a family together or other commitments and things start to slide. But you want to be having those fun activities and experiences with each other again. So if that's something you know is something you want to be addressing in your marriage, one way to do that is by asking a curious question, right? Like, what's something you'd like to start doing again? And just like see what your spouse says and then build from there. What's something you'd like to start doing again? It's just such a positive frame, which is very different than we need to spend more time together. (laughs) right? Which is how our brains, when we're in reactivity mode, wants to present the conversation, right? Other things is really coming from a posture of wanting to understand your spouse. Another question I really find very powerful and profound is when was a time you felt loved? I know you're like, what? Where does that fit in with talking about our issues? (laughs) I gotcha. Keep with me, right? So this is a question that's one going to tell you what your spouse values and what fills up their love tank. And part of what is missing in many marriages is people are running on empty love tanks. And so to try to solve your issues when you're already running on empty, it's very difficult. So by asking this question, when was the time you felt most loved? It tells you what may be going on with your spouse that you're having the issues that you're having, right? And then a lot of times when you ask such a sort of like caring, interesting question like this, they'll ask it back of you, right? So like, who doesn't love this question? (laughs) Who doesn't love to think about this question as an opening to share what might be going on with you and what you might be wanting that maybe your spouse has missed or maybe your spouse just wasn't in tune with, right? So when was the time you felt most loved? And another really great question is, what's something you want to understand more about me? The reason this question is very important is because, again, when you have these conversations about your issues, You're going, trying to tell your spouse what they need to understand. And that may not be where they are. 
So you want to sort of be able to always meet each other where you are. And by asking this question, what's something you want to understand more about me? It shows you where there may be a disconnect. It shows you where you guys may just be missing each other and not even understanding each other. And so when you come to a conversation wanting to communicate a certain understanding for your spouse and they're not even there yet, it's only going to lead to frustration. But when you come like, hey, where are you? Like, what do you want to understand about me? Like, what's going on for you that maybe isn't working? What do you want to understand about me? It puts them in an open posture of communicating. And it's also one of those things that is just very focused on solving a problem, right? Now you have more information to do something with so that as you're working through whatever the issue is, you have the right level of information to move you and the marriage to the next step, right? And then here is a, just a very general and global question you can ask at any time is, what are your thoughts about blank? What do you think would help, right? What are your thoughts about blank? So what are your thoughts about parenting? Like, what are your thoughts about how we're working together as parents right now, right? They may answer. And then you're like, well, what do you think would help? What do you think would help make it better? Just notice the energy of that question. It's again, in this vein of just being curious, as opposed to like dominating with your opinion. This is a wonderful technique to just get your spouse to open up. What are your thoughts about sex, right? What are your thoughts about sex? You probably heard that little bleep on my computer. Very interesting. Like notification came up. Sorry about that. I'm not sure I'll be able to edit it out. But back to more important things, right? What are your thoughts about this? What are your thoughts about sex and intimacy in our marriage right now? What do you think would make it even better? What are your thoughts about me right now? What would make things better in this marriage for you, right? So that's a much more productive way to have some of these conversations. So again, if you're finding yourself stuck of surfacing issues and it's just like this continual cycle of like, what's not working, what you're upset about, and your husband's just like shutting down or you're not making the progress that you want, I really want you to apply some of the suggestions that I have here and really understand what might be getting in the way for you. Now, I also want you to know this is something I can help you with. Whether you're looking to work with someone as a couple together, or you know you want to get started on your own first, I can absolutely help you sort of understand where things are breaking down in your marriage, where you're maybe not having the self-awareness that you need, where your husband may not be having the self-awareness he needs, and how to bridge the gap, right? Like what you want for your marriage is totally possible for you. There's just a lot of things standing in the way and preventing you from one, seeing your issues clearly, finding the right solutions, and getting on the same page about the way to best move forward. Having a coach, having an objective outside perspective and guide in the process will help you so much. It will alleviate so much confusion and so much frustration and so much time wasted doing the wrong thing, the thing that's not going to move you forward. 
So if you are looking for help right now, if you want to make more progress than you've ever made before in your marriage, I invite you to consider private coaching with me. I work with my clients for six months at a time. We meet weekly and we tackle all of the things that are standing in the way of you having an enjoyable marriage where you and your husband are getting along and loving being married again, right? Didn't get married to be miserable and I can absolutely help you move to a better place together. The way that you work with me is by first scheduling a complimentary call. So you can go directly to my website, drshavon.com, D-R-C-H-A-V as in Victor, O-N-N-E.com. There is a button that says work with me. You have a few different options to pick from in terms of the exact service that you are looking for. And I will meet you on Zoom and we will go from there right? So I want you to have a very productive week, productive conversations, or productive management of your own brain so that you don't even need to have conversations for things that are unnecessary to have a conversation about. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back with you soon. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.